If you're new to the boss thing or just beginning to turn the corner to becoming a best boss, then you need to learn how to share authority to those on your team. Yes, they'll do a worse job than you. And yes, they will make mistakes. But a best boss knows they can't do it alone and everyone has to start somewhere. It's up to you to create a thriving environment for your team. Discover how Jason Hedge, owner of Launchable Leadership and host Brad Webster, here to share practical tools to help you become the best boss. Jason, so you were telling me about someone you had lunch with recently who asked about delegation. So yeah, what was that about? We're having a great conversation. So this is a, a small business owner that has been going out of his way to go above and beyond, to be able to bring in training, to be able to equip, to be able to help people. Very generous, pours into his team. He's flexible. He's building trust. But he's got a couple supervisors that just aren't stepping up to that next level. So they want the pay level, that right, pay increase yeah. that comes mm-hmm. with it, right. but aren't taking that full level of ownership to be able to really own that supervisory responsibility well. And part of it, he was dialoguing with me and thinking about that he doesn't really know how to give that authority. It's all of this has been him, his in the past. And now he's stepping out a little bit more and they're not picking up the difference. Hmm. Well, if it hasn't been there, um, if doing everything yourself, micromanaging, like how do you shift the tide? You know, how do you get people to actually grab hold of the ownership or the responsibility? Well, it's not easy. The the first thing, you as the best boss, you've got to be willing to give up some of that responsibility and understand that they're not going to be able to do it as fast as you. They don't know it as well as you, and they're going to make some mistakes in the process. So that's the first step is just you dealing with yourself. But once you finally selected that you have to delegate, which is the only way that you're really going to grow and expand because you've only got so much time and What you are getting paid per dollar to be able to do some of these tasks doesn't make sense when they can do it. Maybe not as effective, but earning less than you are, them spending that time, even more time on it is more beneficial to the company when you're focusing on where you really add value to the organization. And so I've got three parts to this that have to happen to be able to make things work. And it requires patience. It's going to require some time Mm -hmm. because anything new takes time. You ever learn a new instrument? Yes. Did you get it perfect the first time you did it? No, and it was really frustrating. Even when you had a professional there that showed you how to do it well? Right, right. It no. just doesn't happen. That, no. that, yeah, playing that tuba for the first time right. sounds horrible, like an elephant is dying or something. And so right. you, you got to know that it's got to take time. And what's more, you know, sometimes when the person showing you just makes it look so effortless and easy. Right, when they know what to do it. Right, and, you know, <clears throat> and there's a lot of ga- gaps that, Maybe they skip over. And so when you're being trained, it's easy to feel a little intimidated. So, And that's the uh, another key part that I want to mention. Thanks for bringing that up is this employee, depending upon how you've been managing things in the past, they are not going to do well if they've got that fear of failure. And if they feel like you're waiting for the opportunity for them to fail, for you to punish them and right, then yeah. come in as the, 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 the shining knight in armor <laughs> to be able to save them because right. only you can do this right. because that protects your ego. Best bosses don't work that way. Okay. So what's the first part? All right. So first one is permission and it feels like you shouldn't have to do that. You've got a supervisor, you promote them. They should know what they should be doing, but it, 
if you've been micromanaging, if you've had the responsibility in the past, or you're just ready to take things up a notch, mm -hmm. they may not really know what it is because every owner, every boss does things differently and grants right. different levels of authority and responsibility. So the first part is permission. And there are different people that are on your team that some of them aren't going to act on it unless they get permission and know this is what you want to do because they don't want to do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to figure that. And it just is good to repeat it to even to those that have had good past experience as supervisors to be able to step into things. Because there's some people that don't want to step on toes, some people that uh, want to move forward, but they just need that. So you have to start with articulating that they've got permission to be able to go forward and start stepping into things. Okay. What's the second part then? All right. This is defining the boundaries. So this is letting people know for those people that aren't going to move forward unless they clearly hear from you that permission to go forward. This gives them that next set of permissions of where they get to roam to be able to try things. And this is where their fear and anxiety can be reduced by you clearly defining the lines of this is good. This is not good. This is where I want you to have authority. When you come into issues like this, I want you to come back and talk to me. So clearly defining those is important for them. It's also important for those people that are ready and roaring to move forward into this leadership role of responsibility, and they want to take over the whole world to define and limit where their authority ends so that they don't start stepping on everyone else's toes and um, get things frustrated. So clearly defining it is important. And so we've got um, podcast number nine about disc styles would be really important mm -hmm. to be able right, to connect right. in because yeah. each one of those styles behaves differently with the permissions and with the, the boundaries to be able to um, move things forward. And, you know, from a brand perspective, actually, a lot of times this is where I encourage small businesses to have their core values in place because when they have the core values in place and everybody knows we are operating under these four, five, six core values, then it helps them actually feel a little bit more empowered. It helps them have a little bit more parameters to, to what they're doing. And so, you know, the, the leadership can say, hey, did you demonstrate this core value? If you did, then feel free to make your own decision. Right. And those core values, they, they create those boundaries too right. of that permission realm to be able to move in. And culture. Absolutely. Well. And that, yeah, we definitely want to see a very big crossover right there. Okay. And so what's the third part now? The third part's the, the reporting component. And so it's important for you as the boss, you're going to be held responsible for their actions. And you don't want to be caught where it's a two week project and the end of that two weeks comes up and they say, hey, I wasn't sure where to start, so I didn't do anything on it. You have no recovery time because then it's due and it's going to reflect, reflect poorly on you. So instead of you as the boss taking the responsibility to check in on them every once in a while, have that as part of the delegation process to have them on a regular basis report where they are at in the process and talk about what issues they're hitting, what uh, limitations are coming up, where are they doing well, where are they not? Because then if they have that responsibility coming to you, that's one less thing you have to keep on your on your shoulders. But at the same time, you should have some regular meeting times. And I'd look up the podcast on the the 310s, which I think is going to be great to be able to have those opportunities for them to report to you on a regular mm -hmm. basis and for you to encourage them through the process. Because for a lot of people, if this is the first time stepping up, they've got that fear and that anxiety of failure. 
And it's a perfect opportunity to continue to encourage them, to guide them, give them advice, mentor them, because when they rise up as a good and healthy supervisor, you are going to be that much more effective in moving things forward and having that great culture as you as the best boss. Mm, okay. So we've got uh, permission. We've got boundaries and reporting. Anything else? Well, I would say that um, like a puppy, if you leave it at home alone for the first time, <laughs> there could be some issues there. So uh, preparation and training makes all the difference. If you're taking time to really set them up for success, you're articulating well these three components that you're helping make sure they have the tools and they understand how to use them to be successful in the role is going to really help. And then making sure those contact points are all there along the way. So then again, all the furniture doesn't get ruined before you come home with guests to show it off. If you've been checking along the way, you can deter things from going too far in the disaster realm. And then uh, remember that they're not going to measure up to you. They haven't been doing this right, responsibility yeah. as long mm -hmm. as you have. So don't set them up against that. That really isn't the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal is for you to be able to release things, to be able to focus more on what you do best for the organization. Mm -hmm. That actually reminds me of a time years and years ago, I was, uh, I was in leadership at a camp, a summer camp, and I had a staff that was under me, a team of guys. And we did a lot of things, you know, very, it was very repetitive. You know, you did the same thing every week for the for the campers mm -hmm. and um but i remember just running through the routine every time and then i would slowly like turn it over to them and let them do the intro and let them do the safety talk and let them do it while i was standing there and then after a couple of weeks i would gradually start like showing up 10 minutes late and just going They'd hey have to get yeah going. and they would have to get things going and then i'd kind of roll in 10 minutes late and i would kind of just see how they did you know, and oh, they got it going. They're already, they've got it underway. They know what needed to happen They from the repetition. They've seen it. They've been there through it. Right. It's a beautiful thing, that piece by piece of rolling them in, inviting them in, and giving them little pieces of it, and then they get to see the whole picture and run through. It's a beautiful way to be able to make that happen. And so uh, when you're doing this, I'd say ask if they can take on a new important responsibility. Mm -hmm. So that asking the same way when we're giving the feedback, I want to make sure they're, they're in and on board on it because if you are asking them to do something and they don't have the ability to say no, they're not going to be all in on it at the end. Oh, right, and that works yeah. to undermine the trust. And so then um, giving permission, set clear boundaries and then set up the reporting schedule. So, okay. all right, Brad, do you have a moment? Yes. All right. So you've shown time and time again that you're ready for more responsibility. And I have a task I believe that you're going to excel in. Do you have the capacity to take it on? It would amount to about an hour each week. Yeah, that, I think I can do that. Awesome. Great. Okay. All right. So safety is important to us. And we don't yet have someone to fill the uh, safety coordinator responsibilities. Will you help lead the weekly toolbox talks, uh, document the topic discussion and who's in attendance? And then you'll also need to recruit a team so that you'll be able to meet quarterly with them to be able to discuss the safety issues, any injuries, any near misses, and create and promote safety awareness through the whole area. You won't be tasked with disciplining any unsafe employees, but you will, will report any issues that come up to me. On the first of each month, you'll report to me how things are going, what issues you're encountering, your plan to overcome them, and document any injuries and future preventative measures and report any near misses. 
Any questions? Yes. <laughs> Since, yeah, we don't have anything right here for a safety coordinator to do. Yeah, it's a little long. Yeah. But the example is there where we're I'm touching on and right. I want to provide yeah. an example of each one of those steps through the process of running through, of getting that uh, that you're on board with it, and then going through some of the key right. things and setting a couple of the boundaries there. Well, what I liked about that is how you sort of quantified ahead of time hey, this is what it's going to look like for you each week. It's about an hour of your time each week. It gives them a little bit of a parameter of like, well, what is this supposed to look like? Okay, like an hour, you know. Obviously, there might be more questions of how in the world do you fit all those tasks into an hour, you know, and, <laughs> right. and any anxiety that might arise from that. But overall, like, yeah, I think that's really good. So, okay. So, from all this, what's the best step? Where do we go from here? What's... Give us the best step. All right. So I, I'd start small and then start working up big. So take your best team member that um, has and then find something that you can put them authority over, something small but important, mm-hmm. and just practice going through this process. This What this is, is just a best bosses practice things till they get better. And so practice going through these steps and giving someone that you trust responsibility where you 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 know pretty sure that they're going to be successful with it mm-hmm. just to begin working on this process. And part of it's for you to practice giving up that responsibility. Because I remember as a brand new supervisor for the first time getting someone underneath me. And so we hired a part-time person mm-hmm. for me to give the responsibilities to. And it was uncomfortable. I hired them to take on stuff because I knew I couldn't do it. But yet, right, right. giving up responsibility yeah. of doing those tasks was hard to do. Right. And so I had to practice this myself of going through these steps. And then eventually you get there and it becomes easier and easier along in the process. And then uh, I've got some notes for you. So bestboss.org slash 11, okay. one, one, um, go there and you'll be able to see all of these notes to be able to go through, to be able to help remind you where you're at in the process and how to walk through each step of it. Yeah. um, And really quick, that again, that reminds me of another story. Um, I was a general manager of a retail store and it was an action sports store. And one thing I really wanted to do is start engaging the employees a little bit more than just showing up. Mm -hmm. And so they were the guys who were good or the girls who were good at certain different areas, whether it was skateboarding or inline skating or things like that. I actually would put them in charge of that section. Nice, right. That's, and that's, so it was yeah, they to, know it. They love it already. Yeah, and so it was up to them to like manage the inventory, yeah, let us know yeah, when they were getting can. low, and you know, they would take... And it was really cool to see them just grab onto it, obviously because it was that area that they were excited about, whether it was restocking the clothing or whether it was the inline skates. And, and I really saw some of them, you know, take ownership and step up and, and they really enjoyed reaching out and doing the reorders and they really enjoyed doing the restock and things like that. But it also alleviated stuff from my plate. Right. That, that you didn't have to do. Well, I love it. One, you definitely knew your staff. So you've been meeting with them, talking with them, dialoguing to know where their passions right, yeah, exactly. lie. And then you were aligning with those in tasks and responsibilities that they can do and then gradually brought them into it. I love that. Great example. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Today's best step moves you closer toward becoming the best boss with growing profits, an engaged team, and a legacy with lasting impact. If you found this helpful and know of others ready to become the best boss, please subscribe and take a moment to share a rating of how valuable this podcast has been. Visit us online at bestboss.org to connect more with Jason and Brad and other best bosses. 
Okay, Jason, I heard you a while back, you mentioned something about a banana seat. Uh, what were you referring to? Banana, you, is that a banana seat bike? Yeah, you didn't have one? A purple Schwinn banana seat bike? One that could fly through the air? One that I could launch off of a tiny ramp and fly for miles? I had one. I did not it was have amazing. a banana seat. It, it was awesome because then you could sit two people on right. there. Yeah, yeah, I remember. You could definitely yeah. do that. And I, I don't know how it came to be, purple bike, but it, it was my bike. And I remember just loving it, riding around the entire neighborhood, you know, the freedom that we had way back then, right. just to be able to go anywhere. Yeah. And it was an amazing bike. In fact, it worked, you know, all of those flights from launching off the ramps, which, you know, I probably went two inches off the ground, <laughs> right. like two feet, but yeah, it felt like it I was flying like forever in, the air, in a moment you know, with the right. adrenaline going. Uh, went from that to then helping me with a paper route. And I actually had a neighbor weld on some pieces of uh, metal on the side so that these heavy bags and newspaper bags wouldn't come in and hit the tire wow. so that I could cruise around and throw the newspapers at an insane <laughs> time in the middle of the night. A banana seat bike. Banana seat bike. That uh, was it. Okay. Well, where can we find photos of this? On the website? or where, what's, what's... <laughs> I haven't seen any pictures of that banana seat bike. I'll have to see if we can find them. If they're not on the website, so bestboss.org slash 11, then uh, you're just going to have to let your imagination go for this amazing flying purple Schwinn banana seat bike. Bummer. Or look it up on Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs>